and pro We're wondering, are we there yet? Well, apparently we're not there yet because the Lord himself said that these were going to be very troubled times. In fact, he said much of the trouble that we're going to see and experience that he listed in Matthew chapter 24 was just the beginning of sorrows. That's what he said, the beginning of sorrows. And then he said there's going to be great deception. And there's going to be, well, parents turning against their children and children against their parents. And because iniquity will abound, the love and the trust of many will wax cold. Now, that's a cold statement. And because I know that the love of many is waxing cold or weak, I have felt a great urge to come before you today and bring a hope-filled message. A hope-filled message. Yes, we're going to interweave it with many, many different headlines that will help us to see why we need that hope and why, in the midst of this these perilous times in which we find ourselves, we need to know how to stand. Do you know how to stand? Don't answer too quickly because many Christians are not standing. They're capitulating. They're falling. They're rationalizing. They're making up excuses. They're weak. They're anemic in their faith. They have not been prepared for perilous times. But, On this program, if you've been listening long, you have become increasingly prepared for these times. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you like a coach. Amid the battle, amid a team that is in opposition to us, that is growing in strength, growing in opposition, growing in virulence, and crying for victory, amid all of that, we're told to stand. We're told to stand, hang our minds and our hearts, our loins girt about with truth. And that's what we try to provide here today on Viewpoint, as always. Viewpoint determines destiny, and our viewpoint concerning the matters of truth, the matters of our times, the matters of what to expect in these times, the matter of how to respond in these times, the matter of how to stand in the evil day, Your viewpoint on that will determine your destiny. And so I feel it very incumbent upon this voice here on Christian Radio to encourage today, to exhort you today to stand, and having done all, to still stand. When the world is in turmoil, stand. When the perilous times come, when the evil day is here, stand. When tribulation seems to triumph, stand. And how do we do that? We're going to talk about that here in the various segments of the program today, and I'm so delighted that you have joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms. And just in case you've not been aware of what's really happening out there, we're going to divide today's... uh, conversation into two or into three different components just to get a taste of where we are in our world. Actually, it'll be uh, uh, four different components. And so stay tuned, my good friends. 
we know that the Taliban has boldly proclaimed victory and that their victory will spread Islamic law all over the world. I'm reading right now. They have not yet fully achieved their goal, they announced. Islamic law will come not just to Afghanistan, but all over the world. They said, we're not in a hurry. That day is going to come. Jihad will not end until the last day. Well, what is the last day from their viewpoint? You see, viewpoint determines destiny. They do believe in a last day. In fact, in the last day from the Islamic viewpoint, the Islamic Messiah will rule and reign, called the Mahdi, the 12th Imam. And they're expecting that, and not only are they expecting that, but they're preparing for it. You know how they're preparing for it? With violence, to bring the world under domination and terrifying fear. But fear has torment. And if you're tormented by fear and allow fear to envelop your life, you are not standing by definition. You are not standing by definition because those who stand must stand in faith, the scripture says. We stand in faith. We stand by faith. So we stand both in faith and we stand by faith. That is fully trusting the Lord. You see, the word faith and the word believe come from the same root word, as does the the word trust. So trust, believe, and faith all come from the same root word but are different facets or components of its implication. Faith, trust, and believe. You can't say you have faith if you don't believe. You can't say you believe if you're not walking by faith. And you can't say you trust the Lord if you're not walking in belief and faith. And so they all connect. So if we're going to be able to stand in the evil day, we have to come to grips with the first, the foundational implication that we live by faith, not by fear. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes and potents and uh, priests and popes and presidents and prime ministers and even parents. We have to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. Don't lean on the understanding that's being given to you by people you cannot trust. And you've learned that you can't trust them, but you're trusting them anyway. Why? Because of fear. I was talking with a pastor just the other day, and he said, Chuck, since COVID came and we've been restored as a congregation, I've noticed that many of our people have not returned. And I've talked to many of them, and they give various excuses, but he said, unfortunately, the bottom line is, They're afraid. They're in fear. These are Christians, friends, professing Christians walking in fear. And they're tormented. Just the other day, we were supposed to meet with someone on a vacation, and they called us up the day before we met and said, saw that you aren't vaccinated, and, uh, you know, I just can't afford to have you come to our my home. Uh, I'm just too scared. Too scared. Living by fear. You cannot live by fear and faith at the same time. They are mutually exclusive. Exclusive. And yet the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it all begins. And if we're not walking in the fear of the Lord, we're going to fear man. And if we're fearing man, we don't fear the Lord. We're not walking in faith. We're not walking in belief. We're not walking in trust. And we're not going to be able to stand in the evil day. 
Are you beginning to get the sense? Now hang on to your seatbelts, friends. We've just begun. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Having done all to stand, you and I must stand in the evil day. So here's the question that I have for you. Are we in the evil day yet? Are we in the evil day yet? Have perilous times come upon us? This very day, I received a call from one of our listeners, longtime listeners and donors, saying, I am treading on pins and needles. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep my job in the healthcare industry. They're putting such pressure on us to get vaccinated. The person said, under no circumstances will I get vaccinated because within the medical profession, there are many of us that realize how dangerous those vaccines are, and they really don't know what the implications are. So right now, somewhere around 25% of medical personnel, doctors, nurses, and so on, throughout the country, are refusing to take the vaccine. They must know something, maybe, that you don't know or are unwilling to know or admit. But this is an illustration of where we are. Going back to the Taliban, our president, this is coming from Israel National News today, our president urged the Afghan president to create the impression that the Taliban wasn't winning. In other words, our president lied, in effect, to the Afghan president, Ashraf Ghani, to cook up the perception that the Taliban did not have the upper hand, whether it was true or not, because he made that statement in a phone call that came only three weeks before the Islamist group group took over the country. And that came from a leaked transcript detailed in the New York Post. That conversation took 14 minutes. It was on July 23rd. It was the last conversation that he had with the Taliban before they overthrew the Afghan government. Our president did not tell the truth. And he was trying to curry favor with the Taliban rather than currying security for the American people and for those that that we had promised to help if they helped us. That's a serious thing, friends. People are breaking their covenant. They're breaking their word, just as the Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's part of the perilous times. Then, a rather lengthy report, the left is comparing Christians now to the Taliban. Again, One asked, do we now make our civil laws based upon Christian Sharia? A former Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times reporter pointed out how newspapers like the Washington Post and the Times 
were saying that evangelicals and traditional Catholics were engaging in a jihad against their own country, against America. Another, the founder of the radically left-leaning DailyCost.com, wrote an entire book on the subject. The title says it all, quote, American Taliban, How War, Sex, Sin, and Power Bind Jihadists and the Radical Right, unquote. Another, the same one wrote, Our homegrown American Taliban are almost indistinguishable from the Afghan Taliban. And it wasn't meant to be sat- uh, satire either. Writer John Mack Smith uh, compared conservative Christians to the Taliban. Quoting him directly, he said, Make no mistake, Christian evangelicals are America's hashtag Taliban. Filmmaker Michael Moore chimed in as well, referring to Christian conservatives as our own domestic Taliban. Calling black white, white black, evil good, good evil, not able to discern, having reprobate minds. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 1. Are you recognizing the times yet? Are we there yet? If we don't admit that we're there yet, we're going to be increasingly confused and be unable to stand. This very day, about 20 minutes before broadcast time, I received a report that one of our relatives fell and perhaps broke the back or seriously herniated discs and was in horrific pain. Not able to stand. Not able to stand. And that's what's happening to Christians. That's what's happening to so-called Christian believers. Even pastors are capitulating. Their backs are broken. Their spiritual backs are broken. They're in such pain over their feelings that they can't bring themselves to walk by faith and to truly trust God amid all the circumstances. So, that's just one illustration dealing with the latest issue concerning the Taliban. So the question is, are we there yet? Have we arrived in the journey to the perilous times that the Apostle Paul wrote about, that Jesus talked about when he said, he that endures to the end shall be saved? Now that having been, that question having been asked as a rhetorical question for you, you see, every one of us has to ask this question of ourselves. My wife and I do this every day, practically. We don't dwell on it, but our conversations are such that we're kind of ta- uh, testing our spiritual pulse, a pulse to see where we stand. Are we standing in truth? Are we standing in faith? Are we standing with courage? As one writer said, courage lost all lost. Have you lost courage? Are you losing courage? You're not alone, friends. And that's why today, in a kind of urgent fashion, I felt it incumbent to encourage you to stand. This is not a touchy-feely thing. If a coach wants to encourage his team to win and to be able to stand against the adversary, he's not going to encourage them with touchy-feely God bless yous. He is going to help them stand strong, courageously. And that's what our pastors need to be doing for the people. That's what our parachurch 
leaders need to be doing for the people instead of just giving namby-pamby kind of generic gospel messages that really don't significantly connect where we are at this time in history and in prophecy. We find this theme of standing going all the way back into the book of Exodus. We're told to stand still and see the salvation of God. In other words, stop running around feverishly and wringing your hands feverishly and pant breathing and say, what shall I do? What can I do? What should I do? What should... No, friends, that is not the Christian response. And if we do that, we are revealing that we are not trustworthy with those who are watching our lives. Neither are we trustworthy with our children. Neither, pastors, are we trustworthy with our congregations or with those with whom we work, friends, we're just not trustworthy. They look at us and say, look, I'm doing better than you are, you worrywart. We're told to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, to make our petitions, our concerns, known unto God. Yes, make those known unto God, like David did in the Psalms. He would lament, he would cry out, he was explained to God what his thoughts, his feelings were, and then he would always resolve those in favor of, but I will praise the Lord. But I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. But I will this, but I will that. Well, I will speak of the Lord. I will trust him. I will sing of him. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Notice the importance of our wills in standing. The Bible tells us in the Psalms we should stand in awe and sin not. Stand in awe of what? Stand in awe of the God who made and preserved us the nation. Stand in awe of the God who created the universe and everything in it, including you. Stand in awe. Yes, our God is an awesome God, but we have abused the word awesome and used it to diminish its meaning. What we ought to be talking about is the fear of the Lord. That's the Bible term. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We need understanding if we're going to stand. You have to have something, some firm ground. You have to have a firm foundation in order to be able to stand when the waves of life are sweeping over you and you feel and see the sand eroding horrifically under people's feet. Have you stood out there on the shoreline lately? Have you had the waves come in and sweep the sand right out from under your feet, even with modest little waves? Just think what it's like when the storms come. That's why Jesus said, don't build your house on the sand. Built it on the solid rock. And the Bible says that rock is Jesus. Over and over again in the Old Testament, the Bible says he is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our shelter in the time of storm. Have you ever stood on a massive granite rock? I have. In my climbing days, I've stood on many, many, a massive, massive granite outcropping or whatever. I've climbed them. 
And I tell you, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on solid rock. That's why we used to sing that song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Did you hear that? All other ground is sinking sand. Now, we have to be aware that the word of our God is going to stand forever. The word of God is not like the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow's cast into the oven. It's not like flowers that look beautiful today and fade tomorrow. The word of our Lord will stand forever. Therefore, if you and I are going to stand in this evil day, we must stand on the word of God. So we used to sing a song called Standing on the Promises. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. We don't sing that song anymore. I wonder why. Maybe we're building our houses on spiritual sand. Feelings. And our faith is waning and growing very thin. But the word of our God shall stand forever. We have to be confident of that. His kingdom shall be forever. His kingdom shall be forever. Notwithstanding what the Taliban say, notwithstanding what the Chinese say, who are intending to overrun the world within 25 years or so now, notwithstanding what the Russians say, notwithstanding what the New World Order says, notwithstanding what anybody says, the word of our Lord shall stand forever. His kingdom shall stand forever. Are you standing in it? And if He is not king over your life. You're not standing in his kingdom. And the only way he can be king over your life is if you obey him. And if you don't obey him, not only is he not your king, you're perhaps acting treasonously toward the kingdom of God. You're dissing the word and the order of the king. That's why so many professing Christians are going to fall in the evil day. The Apostle Paul warned about that. He said that before the coming of the Antichrist, before he appears, there's going to be a massive falling away called an apostasy. Are you prepared for that time? Friends, might I suggest to you, we are in that time. That's why I wrote the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. What I could have put in is how to identify the soon-coming imposter. But that should be implicit for anybody that has eyes to hear, see, and ears to hear, and hearts to understand. This is that time. This is that moment. I didn't say it was the next five days. Didn't say it was the next year. It could be. Could be within three years. Could be within five years. Eight years. I mean, after all... They're decreeing that the New World Order and the Great Reset will be implemented in its full by 2030. That is eight and a half years away. Less than eight and a half years. Are you beginning to get the point? I urge you to get a copy of that book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It is a $22 book on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, 
And might I indicate that when you read that book, you're going to discover that it's not just about all information about Antichrist. It's about you and how you can stand in the evil day. Are you beginning to get the message? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. How to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint, to encourage, to strengthen God's people knowing that you are not alone. You are not alone. We are in this together. We're called soldiers of the cross. We used to sing, stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. That concept seems to have fallen away in the past 40, 50 years. Why? Because to stand as a soldier means you got to toughen up. And that has not been the spirit of Christian teaching for 40 to 50 years in this country. And we spread that kind of weakness around the world, all in the name of church growth and secret sensitivity. But speaking of sensitivity, I have been haunted all day by the words of a song coming from the king. Well, not King Jesus, but the one who was called the king in music. I think it'll minister to you. Listen very carefully. The words, the lyrics are so simple, but they'll touch your heart in a time like this. should be your cry.
That ministers to your heart in these times. It's a simple set of lyrics from Elvis Presley. He had a hard time standing. He dealt with so many complexities in his life, despite his riches and his fame. Ultimately, he couldn't stand. The only way you can stand is to be united with other believers, true believers. Not those who just profess the name of Christ, but those who possess the faith and the courage and the will to press on in perilous times. We need to cry out, Lord, when the storms of life are come upon us, stand by me. When I'm feeling old and feeble, stand by me. Anybody relate to that? When I'm doing the best I can, Lord, and my friends don't even understand. For instance, like when I'm trying to stand against the COVID vaccine that's trying to take away both the physical freedom and the spiritual freedoms in our world. Stand by me. There are many now who are having to cry that prayer, stand by me. Encourage yourself with the word of God. Praise him. Praise him, all ye people. Over and over again, David in the Psalms, when he was lamenting, when he was when he, the enemy was surrounding him, when his heart was overwhelmed, he said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We've got to stand on the rock, friends. And having done all to stand, stand. And his truth is the rock. And he is the rock of our salvation. It's not just a matter of bringing somebody into some uh, confession of faith. No, we're to live by faith. A mere confession of faith is not going to stand in the evil day. It just isn't going to stand. We've been giving people false understanding of what it means to walk with Christ. It's not just a matter of a confession of faith. It's a matter of living by faith. We used to sing a song, living by faith, in Jesus alone, trusting, confiding in his great love, safe from all harm in his sheltering arm. I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. The only way you're going to feel no alarm is to live by faith. And it's not about feelings. So let's talk a little bit about COVID. We see the troubles. 
We cannot say, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, nobody knows but Jesus. That's not true. I know, you know, we all know. This is not a game. I have in my hands almost a half an inch of new articles, and I've had to filter out some new articles to show the seriousness of what is transpiring with regard to the COVID issue and the vaccine. In Ohio, a judge finally had to intervene and order a hospital to treat a COVID patient with ivermectin. A judge had to intervene because those who were charged with taking care of the man's health, who, who was steadily declining, refused to do anything about it. Unbelievable. A J&J researcher said the U.S. can't be safe until the entire world is vaccinated. Well, if that were true, then why is it that Arut Sheva, Israel National News, announced today that the majority of Israelis oppose even eating a Rosh Hashanah holiday meal with unvaccinated people when almost all of Israelis are vaccinated and they have just announced 10,000 new cases of COVID in Israel among most of them vaccinated. We're being lied to, friends. There's a, there is an issue much greater than the vaccination, much greater than the COVID, and these people are not ultimately concerned about your health. They're concerned about wealth and power and a new world order. So great is the growing resistance now that New York has ended the religious exemption for COVID vaccine mandates and 450,000 healthcare workers in New York are affected. What will they do? Will they be able to stand in the evil day or will they capitulate? On the other hand, another article says resistance to vaccine mandates grows among tens of thousands in New York. Another article, 60% of those older than 50 who die from COVID have already been double vaccinated. So the vaccine is not preventing them from getting COVID. Roman Catholic Archbishop Carlo Maria Vignano, a former papal ambassador to the United States, gave a new warning in a speech that corrupt civil and church authorities have joined forces to exploit the, exploit the coronavirus pandemic in their quest to bolter global sovereignty. He said, everything that we know, discover, and understand about the global conspiracy currently unfolding shows us a tremendous reality that is also at the, the same time sharp and clearly defined that there are two sides, the side of God and the side of Satan, the side of the children of light and the side of the children of darkness, he said. It's unfortunately we don't seem to have many Protestant Christian pastors who have the power and presence and trust 
to say such things. Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me. McDonald said that the alliance between civil and religious power, there is a spiritual dimension that must be understood in the context of the war that Lucifer, ever since his fall, has waged against God. So the heading, Archbishop says, Luciferian globalists are exploiting COVID for great reset. And he's right. On the other hand, in Israel, the education ministry is compelling parents to have their children vaccinated. The parents don't intend to have their child vaccinated or even tested. They said it's not logical, but they're going to be required if the kids are going to be in school. So what are they going to do? The parents threaten, we'll lie and say we tested our children for coronavirus. Will you lie? Do you see what we're being brought to? We're being brought to a serious test of our trust. Can you feel it? Can you sense it? Are you there yet? Are we there yet as Christians? We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. What a delight it is to come before you day after day. Preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour today, we're encouraging the saints to stand, to stand strong, how to do it, to stand first, having your loins girt about with truth, not just saying you believe in certain religious facts about the Bible or about God. That's not what we're talking about. God wants you to know him in the innermost person. You cannot know him in the innermost person if you do not take his word seriously, because he's exalted his word above even his own name. That's what the Bible says. If that be true, then God considers his word to be of utmost premier importance for you, to be able to stand in the evil day. You should be memorizing passages of Scripture, not that just make you feel good, but that enable you to stand strong. For instance, in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, that having done all to stand, we should stand, having our loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and the 
the helmet of salvation and the, carrying the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. You see, these are military terms, friends, for people who are strong. It's time to be a Christian soldier of the cross. We're supposed to stand fast in the Spirit. Stand fast in the Lord. And yet the question comes, in the evil day, who will be able to stand? It's a rhetorical question. We find it first in Malachi chapter 2. Then we find it again. Jesus quotes it again, and we find it three times, twice in the New Testament, once in the Old Testament. When he comes, that was when the Lord comes, when Jesus comes, amid trials, tribulation, persecution, the advance of COVID, the threat to religious freedom, the threat to have your children taken out from under you because you refuse to have your kids receive the vaccine, or refuse to have them do this, that, or the other, you're prepared to stand. You think we're talking too much? Here it is. Our jobs are all in danger by choosing not to get jabbed, but now they're taking away people's children right here in the United States for refusing to get experimental COVID vaccine. A mother in Chicago has been banned from seeing her 11-year-old son when a power-hungry judge took away her custody rights because she chose not to take the COVID shot. She said, it's been very difficult. I haven't seen my son since August 10th. Rebecca Furlitt, the mother, said, Cook County Judge James Shapiro is now being looked at as a possible monster. What kind of a judge would do this? Friends, it's a godless judge who has embraced the spirit of this age. Are you listening? Increasingly, our world has embraced the spirit of this age, and it's growing. Yet others are ignoring the real problems, for instance, with COVID. The VA... Veterans Administration records show hundreds of serious vaccination reactions suffered by veterans. They don't want to report them. From Israel National News came this report, a top FDA, Federal Drug Administration vaccine regulators, quit over COVID booster shot approval. They don't agree with it. They received pressure from the White House and the CDC to quickly approve COVID booster shots, and they say, no way, no how. We're not going to be part of this. We're not going to have our names attached to this falsity and this fraud. In the U.K., anti-vax protesters are storming the drug regulator's London office in protest over planned COVID jabs for kids. Then again, the vaccines are actually producing new and more virile, virile variants. The new mu, mu variant from Colombia, according to the World Health Organization, could be vaccine resistant. For the Jerusalem Post, 
the new COVID variant detected in South Africa is the most mutated variant so far. Notice how these are carrying on all over the world. The vaccine is actually creating a situation to force the virus to recreate itself in more virile forms in order to escape its effect. In Chicago, Mayor Mayor Lori Lightfoot is scrambling over bus drivers quitting over the vaccine mandate. They said, we're not going to get it. How do we stand? Is this the evil day yet? Are we in the evil day yet? Health minister in South Africa says the virus is changing rapidly and spreading fast. Another writer says the cure is worse than the disease. These vaccines. Right now, the reality is that vast numbers of nurses and doctors are seriously having to deal with whether or not to succumb to the pressure, even if it means losing their jobs, giving up their lifelong careers. Maybe this is just the first step, friends. Where is it going to go from here? Where is it going to go from here? And this is just a small picture. How about our president and the Speaker of the House going on national television and talking about how the Supreme Court allowing a Texas law to stand against abortion is somehow undermining the very sacredness of the country. Their hearts and minds, friends, are reprobates. And you and I are having to stand in the evil day. This is the evil day. When we ask the question, are we there yet? The answer is yes, we are there yet. We must stand up for Jesus. We must stand on the promises of the Word of God. We must stand fast. In other words, not shaking, not trembling. We should tremble at the Word of God, not tremble at what's going on around us. We should stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We should stand steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work and ways of the Lord, for as much as we know that our labors are not in vain of the Lord. We must stand by faith. We must stand in hope. And we must stand with joy. Are you standing with joy? We must stand with thanksgiving. In everything give thanks. Why? Because God is going to see us through. But we have to be willing to stand. Now, if you feel like you've moved away from the Lord and you don't have that sense of standing, guess who moved? Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but you can forsake him. 
That's where a lot of people get misunderstanding concerning the so-called concept of eternal security. They say, well, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, but you can leave him. They say, no man can take me out of the, the, the Father's hand. That's true, but you can. Nobody else can, but you can. That's why your will is what God is after. Your heart is what God is after. And if he doesn't have your will and he doesn't have your heart, you will never be able to stand in the evil day. And you will fall. And professing Christians are falling like dominoes as we speak. Unfortunately, it is with great agony that I watch it happening all across the country. Don't let it happen to you, my friend. Don't let it happen to you. The choice is yours. Every one of us is going to have to make choices, maybe many choices over the next months and few years. None of us knows exactly what's going to happen or how, but we know that perilous times are here and are coming increasingly. And we are to stand fast, having our loins girt about with truth. I appreciate so much your listening today. We're going to wrap up with the words from uh, the king, Elvis, the king again, when the storms of life are raging, stand by me. I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 book, yours for $22. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA and write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. I can and 
If we can't stand when the going is tough, our faith is small. One day, all of us, both small and great, will stand before God and be judged. Who will stand when he appears? Well, those who have stood with him by faith, no matter what comes, those who endure to the end. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Become a partner, send your gifts by faith, friends, to Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. God bless you. And stand. Stand courageously. Stand in fear. Press on. Never give up. Put your trust, your hand, in God. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.